Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and normally talk about them with my friends. But today I'm actually joined by a longtime internet friend and first time guest who's also a freelance journalist based out of D.C., uh, Kayla Stetzel. Kayla, how's it going? It's going great. Super stoked to be here. Yeah, so today's episode is about the new film from Neil Jordan, Greta, and I'm really happy to have Kayla here to talk about it with me. Uh, Greta stars Chloe Grace Moretz as Frances, a, a young woman who is new to New York. She is living with her friend Erica in an apartment that rivals the one from Friends in the all-time pop culture, How Do These People Afford This New York Apartment Rankings. Uh, Frances is in a bit of a transition, finding herself phase as her mother died a year before, so she's just kind of waiting tables at a nice Manhattan restaurant while she tries to figure things out. Uh, one day while she's riding the subway, she sees an unattended handbag in the lost and found his clothes, so being the good Samaritan that she is, she ventures deep into Brooklyn to return it to its rightful owner, which turns out to be a French woman named uh, Greta Hedeg. Greta, Greta is a lonely widower, played by the famed French actress Isabelle Huppert. Uh, Greta rarely sees her daughter, and again, she's a widower, so she's very lonely, and Greta, being someone who's recently lost her mother, is someone that's open to companionship. They become fast friends, but uh, one night where they are hanging out, Frances comes across a cabinet that has a bunch of the same handbags she found in Greta's apartment. Uh, they have names and phone numbers on them. She kind of tries to withdraw from that relationship, and Greta does not take to it too kindly, and off we go as Greta uh, tries to uh, change Francis's mind, and things escalate as she is really upset uh, Francis wants nothing to do with her. I guess, Kayla, where I want to start is to ask if you've ever been a new person in a big city. Oh, yeah. Um, I moved to D.C. about two years ago. And then before that I was in Boston, but the DC Metro and I are, are very familiar with one another. <laughs> so this resonated with me. I live alone as well. Uh, so like, I was like, Oh man, good thing. I'm not, you know, a good Samaritan. Cause I would never not actually, I might back <laughs> on the subway, but I don't have the wherewithal to look around. I'm usually too, um, tired in the mornings to actually know what's happening, um, beyond my like direct periphery. But yes, this film resonated with me because of that. Um, and it just, it was very interesting to see a very female centric thriller. Um, it made it, I don't know, I mean, very rarely do you see a, a stalker type of thriller. Where it's, where, where where the, stalker, it's the same sexes. Yeah, yeah is, is a woman. And uh, that for me made me feel very vulnerable um, because like, just think about it like logically. If you had a sweet old woman, who like may or may not be lethal and psychotic stalking you, who's going to believe that you're in danger, right? You know, she probably weighs like 110 pounds and like, <laughs> looks very breakable. Like um, Isabel Huppert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was just a very interesting dynamic that I was excited to see on the screen for sure. Yeah, and I, I guess I, I wanted to ask you that question because like I've never been – I've never lived in a city as big as New York, I, I, but I spent a good deal of time in New York, and mm -hmm. I thought about moving to bigger cities, and I could easily see this happening to me. Uh, it's a di Obviously, it's, like you said, it's a different dynamic with two women, but like I feel like I might be naive enough to do something like Francis does in this movie. And I, I so that in that way, I had an emotional connection to this movie where mm -hmm. I, I felt very sympathetic to her when I am seeing just the predicament she ultimately finds herself in. And but I'm also of two minds about this movie because one thing that I've seen in some of the criticism I've read is that a lot of people kind of wanted a more fun, funnier, campier version of this movie in which maybe Francis isn't like quite as passive of a character. And I'm like, a, I'm a, I'm a 
as odd as it sounds coming from a 28 year old dude, I'm kind of a Chloe, <laughs> I'm kind of a Chloe Grace Moretz stand. Like I'm a, I go way, yeah. I go way back with her back to like 30 rock. Um, even yeah, before yeah. kick ass where like, she's like going toe to toe with Jack Donaghy and she can like give him shit right back. And, and then like, she obviously made a bigger name for herself in kick ass. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. like she can really just like hold her own against actors that are like far more experienced than her and can really throw it right back at them. And yeah, Francis isn't quite that kind of person. And I think maybe in some ways, though, this movie, which I, I like I, I did enjoy and I, but I can kind of see some people maybe like found like something like Fatal Attraction as a touchstone for this. And it's just not that kind of story, in my opinion. But I kind of see where people are coming from, where it's like me as like someone that thinks I could easily see myself as a good Samaritan that ends up in like. A very bad situation like i could see that self so i can enjoy this version of that movie Mm -hmm. but it seems like other people maybe wanted something that's like a little more balls to the walk with them going back and yeah you know um i think i enjoyed the slow build but i do think the film kind of lacked uh a little bit more backstory with francis uh you get some of that right i didn't really feel that much of a strong connection to her um, in the beginning, right. she played, it was very soft, very sweet. And that it builds well because of that. It's kind of like a, you're rapidly very much involved once the plot really kicks in. Right. Um, and you find out, you see those purses and the movie instantly takes a very sinister, very dark turn. And Isabella Huppert, I mean, she's the most nominated French actress with respect to Cesar's. Mm-hmm. Um, she's their equivalent of Meryl Streep. Uh, she could go toe-to-toe to Meryl Streep. Uh, people just in the States don't know about her. So watching her, you know, present this very layered mixture of a, a villain, a character in Greta was great. And Chloe could kind of mirror that. But again, I really feel like had there been a little bit more exposition in the beginning, there would have been even greater stakes and it would have amped up the tension. So I see... Um, Maybe this is less of a I wish it was campier point and more of a they could have used Chloe Grace Moretz, I think, a little bit more effectively, Uh, even though kind of the slow burn was effective. If they had a little bit more stakes at the beginning, I think it would have been perhaps doubly as effective. Well, you know, I wish I hadn't seen the trailer. But like I'm not gonna, it's it, I I can't not click on a trailer when I see it. it's like a Chloe Grace Moretz Isabel Huppert thing. Like I'm not gonna not click on that trailer. Yeah. Like I, I so I'd seen like they show the handbag moment in the trailer, and you can't really cut a trailer for this movie without having that in there. Like you got to know mm-hmm. what the movie is gonna be about. But like one thing that is pretty chilling, even when you know that it's coming, it's part of that slow build that you're talking about. Is they they first meet and she's like talk. They're talking about dogs and. They end up, like, getting the dog, and she wants to, like, send or, – or no, before they even talk about that, she's like, I'll, I'll help you find a dog. She's like, how do I put the number in here? Like, she's playing very dumb with how to use the telephone. And she, that's like, oh, it's nice. Like, she's going to help her figure out how to put phone numbers in there. And then, like, two scenes later, you see her perusing Facebook, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, she actually, yeah. like, she actually knows what's – she actually, like, knows uh, – she knows far more than she's letting on here. And yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed that kind of build. In there's plenty of tension with that regard, even if, like you said, like we maybe aren't getting like a ton from Chloe Grace Moretz. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, like you know, Greta's up to no good because maybe you've seen the trailer, maybe you know what's happening. But uh, for me, the tension building moment, there were several of mm-hmm. like foreshadowing moments, was when they were in the apartment, Greta's apartment, right? And uh, you heard the banging on the wall, and she goes, 
oh, the neighbors must have construction, you know, uh, they're remodeling. Uh, and like everybody in the theater that I was in was like, <gasps> like gave a little audible, gave a gasp or like, like an ooh or an ah. Cause like, oh, see, that, we that went knew. right over my head. Okay. Well, yeah. There were some audience members, including myself, who kind of like saw that happening. And then I always get secondhand anxiety when I see a dog in a film. I know the dog's never going to make it. Like <laughs> almost nine times out of ten, the dog doesn't make it. And I was like, oh, great. There's going to be, you know, this dog probably will have, you know, some sort of horrible ending. Um, it didn't happen. Like, I mean, it didn't, could have ended up a lot worse. I was assuming there was going to well, be like some Frank Underwood you know, <laughs> type of strangulation happening to this dog. But it wasn't as bad as I thought. I, yeah. I, I saw. I actually watched Fatal Attraction for the first time a few days ago. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen it? I actually have not. No. So like, I, I wanted to be able to like be able to. Everyone kept talking about this like in the terms of that or a single white female or mm-hmm. um, Basic Instinct, and I hadn't seen any. So I was like, I got to watch one of these. And there's yeah. like a similar moment with an animal. I don't want to say anything else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can say that. I can. Say, I can give you that without like. Sp- there's actually still some doubt once you start watching it. But it's like the same thing in, in a movie of this genre. When you see an animal, it's like, oh god. Like I wish that. Yes. I, I wish that wasn't here. But the thing that impressed me, I think the most, because I was surprised. I assumed this was going to be a very, I thought it was probably going to be campy, yeah. silly, which I, I'm all, you know, for fun. But it, for me, it really actually kind of uh, shook me up a little bit just because it was an unexpected novel kind of, uh, not novel in its uh, storytelling because there's been th- thrillers of this kind before, but because it's female centric, it felt new to me anyways. Um but how it was shot in and of itself was gorgeous to me. There was like very distinct moments where it was shot blocked beautifully. Um, so I, I had a lot of visual appreciation for this film and it really amped up the tension. Um, do, do, do any particular images come to mind oh, yeah. as you say that? Um, for me, I think just the way the restaurant was structured um, and the way it was built, the image that keeps popping up in my head as I'm speaking to you is uh, after we know that Greta's a crazy stalker lady. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the beginning of like the figuring that out. Um, and Francis is in the restaurant and the, the host guy comes over and he's like, hey, this woman wants to see you. Um, and she pops out of the, out of the uh, kitchen. And in the back, in like the deep foreground, out of focus, you just see um, Isabella Huppert's figure um and it's out of focus but you know that she's right there oh Um, yeah when they're when they're in that when they're in that back area yeah 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 yeah. and it just it hits very impactfully and again the way the restaurant's structured with those lit up tables and the long hallways where the camera can just kind of you know pan like directly follow francis as she approaches the table as the music swells yeah that's already Um, there's already one really big uh gifable moment that's come out of that that's on twitter everywhere it was like just an amazing, nice crescendo. And then, uh, that build coupled with just, you know, Isabella Huppert at the end, just serving face and just nailing lines. It was just a great, nice crescendo for sure. Um, that and just, you know, it was just a beautifully shot film. I have a lot of respect. I just think for the cinematography, it was, it was great. Yeah. And you know, they, they actually, I don't know how much you've read about the production of it, but they like, they filmed in, uh, a lot, all the interiors in Ireland, but they filmed exteriors in both Toronto and Manhattan. 
So interesting. Like I, I felt pretty seamless. Like I, I think I had actually like watched a interview with Chloe Grace Moretz on Kimmel last week, and like she had already like she meant I wouldn't have known the thing about Ireland if she hadn't brought it up then. I, but like I thought I, I thought she had meant they shot the whole thing there, and then I'm watching. I'm like, no, they definitely shot in New York, and but like they still did it pretty seamless, and that you would have you wouldn't have known that they weren't in Manhattan for like yeah, any of it. This is the first and, time I heard that, and I never would have known. And I just saw that film yesterday. Yeah, and I don't exactly know how they uh, did it as far as the. Um, like, because part of what you're talking, part of what I really liked as far as just how they shot it was both utilizing the restaurant, but also outside was when the first time Greta just shows up to stare at her for hours on yes. end. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the way they kind of frame those where it's like you, she's different people are coming up to talk to her. She's talking to the police. She's talking to other people about the restaurant. But the whole time they keep the they keep the window in the background and you kind of see her there. And it's like it does kind of look like a New York City street. So I, I, I appreciated how they just um, the production design and how they kind of kept everything moving around her as she was there staring at the restaurant and oh, yeah. it, it, like it, it really felt like I was like just just inside a Manhattan restaurant yeah and you were I, pleasant and it was and but it was obviously very ominous and spooky to have all that mm-hmm. stuff going on in the foreground with Isabel Huppert sta- standing motionless right there in the background um I'm just gonna fangirl over Isabel Huppert for a split second please please her do her performance in this well first of all she's an icon in her own right but her performance in Greta I mean it anchors the film for sure. Um, there's just such a nice cocktail of emotions going on underneath her expression at all times. Like there's like 50,000 different flavors of ice um, underneath her skin because she plays <laughs> a very cool, um, cold-hearted person. And uh, again, one of the pivotal moments in this film for me is uh, I don't want to give too much away, but you find out this uh, you know kind of French wealthy high-class woman who's always dressed head-to-toe in Chanel isn't even really French. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene in the restaurant where she just flips into uh, presumably Hungarian or some other language, uh, and she almost looks directly to camera, and it just kind of sends chills down your spine. Um, yeah, we can – we can in, in a few minutes, we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of dive off into spoiler territory, and I'll, yeah. do, I'll, I'll do a demarcation on there, but I mean uh-huh. like – I was going to ask. I mean, you you mentioned you, you at least were familiar with the fact that she'd won a bunch of Cesars. I, mm-hmm. I I I'm not someone that's watched a lot of her old stuff. I became like much more familiar with her in the last few years as she like started having this second wave of popularity in America. Yeah. And like I so I saw um the Joaquin von Trier movie Louder Than Bombs. Then I saw mm-hmm. um I saw um uh, L, which she obviously finally got her first uh, Oscar nomination for, and Things to Come. So yeah. I, I, just, I I'd only come to kind of come to know her as this person like playing these like just very mature and maybe chilly use that adjective French woman, Mm -hmm. but also someone, but not as someone that kind of flew off the handle like she does in this movie. So it's kind of cool. Like I've gained a lot of respect for her just in the last few years. And it's made me want to make more of an effort now to go back and like watch all the stuff she became so well known for in France. But like at the same time, I was just very excited coming into this movie to be like, okay, this woman that I've like seen in these last few movies over the couple, uh, over these last few years, that's just like very like regal and, proper is going to just kind of like get messy. And I was like, very excited to see that. Oh yeah. Uh, who pair can do messy very well. Um, I fully recommend diving into her film catalog. There's a lot of treasures, uh, within it for sure. Yeah. The piano teacher is one of my personal faves. Really? Okay. Uh, her repertoire. Yeah. So fully recommend. Um, but yeah, she holds a syringe, like a cigarette. So like <laughs> she's got this interesting mix of, you know, she is fascinating. She is cultured, but she is terrifying. But she's also, she is kind of silly. I mean, there's a point where she 
kills a person and then just kind of whimsically dances around while eerie music plays and it's just the the contrast between doing outrageous things but keeping normal body language yeah and it just it's it's it was just very delicious to watch i was very pleasantly surprised overall by this film yeah okay well that's a that's a good place to leave it before we just talk about spoilers because it sounds like you would recommend it to anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it and as as would i i I think like it sounds like we both agree that like um even if we like chloe grace moretz as an actress there's maybe a little more they could have done with her um with her character and i'd say the same for her friend um micah monroe played by micah monroe who a lot of people might know from it follows which i actually never saw but i i I, was that her roommate character yeah, 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 and yeah, uh, and I, 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 what's funny though is I didn't realize it was Micah Monroe to like the very end, and she and Chloe Grace Moretz were both in a in a vastly underseen movie, in my opinion, t- together about two years ago called or uh, three years ago called The Fifth Wave, a uh, post apocalyptic thing that was supposed to be the new YA thing, and just there was huh, there was yeah, no, there was no, there, there was not a sixth or a seventh wave, uh, uh, much to my chagrin. It was one of my favorite bad movies ever, and she okay. they were both they were both in it together, so I kind of liked that they had a reunion here. Though at the same time, they are both maybe a little underwritten, but at the same time, like they, 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 I mean, they, they play their parts well. Aren't they? Well, I, I had a couple, uh, you know, squabbles with uh, the way the roommate character was written and also how she was acted a little bit. Okay, Act, um, in in what ways? Yeah, so the lines of dialogue that she had didn't seem very realistic to me, and they did seem campy. Her friend seemed campy to me. Uh, uh, I could tell, you know, a guy wrote this film because just the, the things that she would say just seemed like a little too on the nose, a little too overly sexual um, in like a funny way. But also she felt a little and this this is a little, you know, uh, might be a little harsh, felt a little Disney Channel actressy to me. Ooh. But I think that's just because. Chloe Grace Moretz has been around for a while um, and she, I feel like she will be an Oscar winner eventually um you know Isabella Huppert an icon right so she's kind of I don't want to say out of her depth but she's working with two incredible people um so perhaps just by comparison she seemed right. a touch weaker as an actress yeah um no I, I, also, I, 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 I like that maybe the fifth way but she definitely is like not one of the yeah parts it was of more it. of yeah. I think it was more so also how how she was written her dialogue just didn't seem too realistic it seemed a little bit more campier than the rest of the film. Um, but, you know, overall it was good. That was like the one area where I feel like it was the weakest for me yeah. personally. Um, but yeah, overall recommend. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I, I do as well. I mean, this is like, I, I'm very, what part of the reason I'm so happy you, you agreed to do this with me, Kayla, is that like, this is like a slower time of year for movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I'd say between now and like now in May, like there's, or I, if mm-hmm. I guess the new Avengers movie comes out at the end of April, but like between like now and then, like there's really not a ton of big stuff out to see besides like you're going to have us and you're going to have Captain Marvel. And other than that, it's not a busy time of year. So like, yes, if you're, if you're someone that likes thrillers, like I highly recommend, I don't, this isn't the type of movie that normally like seems like it sh- would be getting a wider release, but it did. So you can definitely still go see it as of the, t- yes. as of the time you're listening to this. And I, and I highly recommend it. There's just like not a ton else going on at the moment. We were just, this, yeah. is, this is like the dumping ground. We j- just got done with the Oscar stuff. And this is still a, more fun than a lot of the stuff that gets dumped right after. And I, I will say also like this movie is good. Um, I'd, I'd go see it probably more than once, even during a very busy award season time of year. Wow. Um, so it's just kind of, uh, for me, it wasn't like a last choice. Nothing else was on for me. It was, 
actually very good. I was very surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, me, me too. So everyone, go listen and then, uh, or go watch it, and then when you come back, you can come back and listen to the rest of the podcast because uh, I think we're going to start spoiling a little bit more now. So that I just I, yeah. I, I thought that was a good jumping off point, but um, yeah. So basically, what happens uh, after a, after this whole cat and mouse game uh, gets underway is uh, things really escalate, and Greta starts also harassing her roommate. And what is probably one of the better sequences of the movie is this s- cell phone sequence where she all of a sudden starts um, sending cell phone pictures to Francis of Erica, her roommate, as she is, like, stalking her throughout, like, a bar and then on a bus and then on a street. And, uh, I don't know, it's very suspenseful. And uh, you don't really know where this movie's going, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there, there's no reason why this can't turn into a slasher movie, you know what I mean? Like, I like I, I, I had seen the trailer, and I'm like, oh, man, this is a thriller, but, like, I'm presuming of the genre, someone might die. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think it really did do a good job of ratcheting up the tension as yes. we like it, through scenes like that and also through uh, some of the really dark stuff we end up getting to right after that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that scene really chilled me um, just because I – as somebody who frequently does stuff alone <laughs> in a big city, I was like, great, uh, cool. I'm going to be like looking around and like mildly on – easy when there's just cute old women around me now. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, but I will say this morning, um, I like sent a photo of the subway to my father and he was like, Greta's right behind you. And I was like, not, not cool. Oh, so your dad saw um, Greta too. Yeah. He was very into it as well. That's, um, that's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, you know, it's a fan, it's a crowd pleaser. Um, <laughs> unexpectedly. That's, 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 that's um, yeah, way to put but it. for me, the, um, yeah, the tension in this film was just bizarre, but for me, the restaurant scene was just where they fight and really go at it. It gets very physical. Tables get flipped. Was yeah. yeah I want to talk about the rest. I want to talk about the restaurant overall and just her place of work because her her coworkers seem rather blasé about it. Like when she keeps telling them that this person is like stalking her. You know, they don't seem overly concerned. Even after this woman has shown up to the restaurant, like, on three different occasions and call, had her call the police. And I wanted to see, when you were watching this movie, did you think about it? And even though it's not about, like, a man harassing or abusing a woman, did you think about it in terms of just how maybe as, like, in society, like, we don't believe women enough when they, like, like when they come to us with concerns of that nature? You know what I mean? And this was kind of, like, one example of them showing it as she's continually trying to get restraining orders or get people to take her seriously. And I thought just the way her coworkers reacted to her was kind of telling in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to downplay that because I do feel like that's an actual point. But I think the fact that her stalker was a classy old woman and not a man upped right. the level of disbelief. Right. Right. That was something that made me feel more tension. I might have already brought this up, but uh, nobody would. If I was, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, like this woman's trying to stalk me or trying to harm me or harassing me um, and this, you know, manipulative old woman could just be like, oh, and I'm like, you know, I'm just it, – it'd be very hard for people to believe that. Nobody would believe me, you know, I think if there was just some sweet old lady who just put on some sort of act – um, it'd be a tough situation to get out of if, if it actually happened. Yeah, and I think know? that's a good point because, like, I was thinking about it also in terms of just, like, 
as I mentioned earlier, how I could see I, I could see how bleak their outlook was, and that was why I I kind of connected to it, even if it wasn't like a like a, a whole back and forth thing. It feels rather hopeless because no one is taking them seriously, and like you said, mm-hmm. in large part because it's an old lady. But at the same time, like once her and Erica, like it becomes clear that she's her roommate's now affected by this too, and it's like I, I don't know what they're gonna do. You know, like they yeah. I, and I and I while I'm a lawyer by trade, I'm not a criminal lawyer, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm sure the courts are backed up in Manhattan. Yeah, I don't know so if I'm it sure. actually it would probably be, is very hard um, to, to get a restraining. Yeah, so it's like so. she knows where they live. I wouldn't really want to give up that dope apartment either. Uh, yeah. and, and I would have moved. I would have just been like, "Peace, I'm out. I'm gonna go move upstate just till this blows over." Um, yeah, but that's just me. I'm very risk adverse. <laughs> well, I mean, Francis is strongly considering that. It doesn't seem, really seem like her friend does. Uh, they, they talk about get, is getting out of town and going on a trip. Uh, they don't do it, but they try and kind of say they're going to do it to ghost Greta. But at the same time, it's like she knows where they live. She has her cell phone number. And uh, what, what are they supposed to do? She can like call her dad and then just all of a sudden give up on living in New York City. And that's like – it's very sad, but like she doesn't really have any options. And it's mm-hmm. like very bleak. But uh, before like we get a chance to see ultimately what decision she's going to make, uh, Greta takes her. So uh, yeah. what did you think? What, what did you think about how the movie went from that point on? I loved it. Um, yes. The, the, fa- the dream sequence was – amazing to watch also this film has a great soundtrack just saying it's classically scored and then there's a saint vincent song featured in the middle great touch uh whoever did this the sound design no but the um once she's in greta's domain tensions are high the mask starts to come off and you really see just how monstrous greta is mm-hmm. um in all of her you know lethality and insanity um Yes. And it's just, it becomes wild. It becomes fierce. My second favorite shot in the scene is, is, uh, there's some like bodily harm that happens to, to Greta. Yes. Uh, she might lose an appendage or we're, we're, we're in the spoiler. Uh, we're in the spoiler section now you can say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she loses her, I think pinky to a cookie cutter. Um, to a cookie cutter, because uh, Francis tries to make an escape. One of the more creative prop uses I've seen in a movie in a while. Yeah, uh, but the other unrealistic thing is uh, she she hits Greta with a, a rolling pin, gets the pinky chopped, knocks her out, and then like runs away. Personally, I would have just kept going to town on Greta with the rolling pin, you know, really got, make sure he's gotten she's one of her thumbs. Dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, Greta comes to. And uh, there's just this beautiful scene where she's just putting a syringe directly into her, like, severed finger Ooh. area, limb, whatever. Um, and it's just – it's beautifully shot. It's, uh, <laughs> it just is – it's a gorgeous shot. It's, and it's grotesque, but it's beautiful. And it – like, Isabel Hopper is just, like, rocking the way that she's holding that syringe. Um, and, very and, delicately, the and then very delicately goes and puts the gloves on. Yeah, yeah. It just it – just, um, She's making all of this stalker life look very glamorous to me. <laughs> um, no. So there's just a lot of very interesting elements in this film. It's very surprising to me. I will say, um, this is kind of like an offshoot, a uh, side point, is yeah. uh, a couple different people have told me, like, oh, like this film kind of had like a queer baby vibe in the trailer. But there is no queerness in the film. Um, if anybody was interested in that or – was curious not it's it's a mother-daughter type of relationship they explore um i think everybody just you know i think that was when the trailer was initially released 
very earlier, I think this year or last year, excuse me, um, there was just some speculation about that. Um, but that never, you know, that's never addressed or anything. Well, yeah, not, I think, I think we've had a, there was a stalker movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, we've been a couple, I think in the last few years, but I don't think there was quite this level of talent. Yeah, involved. I, mean, I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the film notes on a scandal. Uh, it's I, an amazing I, film. I've not seen it. No. Um, I want it to, was though. Oscar nominated, uh, Dame Judi Dench opposite of Kate Blanchett. So what more right, do you need? Right, in the movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and very similar vibe, but it's told very differently. And there is some queer elements in that story. Um, and I feel like there's always typically with a lot of thriller dramas, usually there's a line of sexual tension. So I feel like people were just assuming that was going to be present in this dynamic, but it's a little bit different. Um, I just wanted to bring that up. Well, yeah, and also, like, I mean, people were comparing it to, like, these 90s erotic thrillers, and yeah, there, there, yeah. There, is an, I, there is an element of um, of queerness and obviously, in Basic Instinct, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that it's just a part of it, and I think people yeah. are just, uh, just naturally saying, like, oh, we're getting a throwback. Maybe there'll be some of yeah. that, but uh, yeah. like you said, this movie is unique not only in the fact that it's it as two women as the, mm-hmm. as the leads, but at the same time, it, like, it's about it's this type of story, but in the context of like a surrogate mother daughter relationship, which yes. which is very unique. Yes, I completely agree. But yeah, I mean, so I I, I agree. Like just the, that whole last sequence, like just everything that happens in Greta's house in the last third of the movie, like it's so weird. Yeah, uh, but like in such in such a good way. Like it, like we already alluded to it in the first half of the podcast, but just uh, watching Isabel Huppert, like well, first watching like horrid 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 horrible things happen to Goldie Grace Moretz, being locked in a box, being then subsequently locked in a room, being drugged. Being forced to, like you said, uh, play the piano and be mm-hmm. and be whipped by uh, Isabel Huppert, she doesn't play it well enough because you know she's having to like live out this whole life that she once had with her daughter. All that stuff, very disturbing. And like we said, we're seeing Isabel Huppert literally tap dance through it, and it's it's yeah. so bizarre, but like so, I, I feel dirty calling it fun, but it is kind of fun. No, it's it's yeah, it is fun. Um, and I wish uh, a small part of me wanted it to be more grotesque mm-hmm. more and i think maybe that's just because i want a little bit more verbal sparring but i also just wanted a little bit more derangement yeah because the box yeah that was scary but i was kind of hoping it was going to get maybe a little bit more bloody or maybe a little bit more there's going to be some more body or just some weird some extra i was seeking at least one more shock and awe moment and it kind of left me wanting i completely agree I, I came into it kind of like just expecting a little more like once because we... the build was so great mm-hmm. i thought um and it kind of i mean it delivered but not quite as strongly as i had hoped but yeah the finger scene chef's <laughs> kiss for me for sure yeah well they had the thing where she after that she runs into the basement and she uh somehow like opens a trash bag and finds uh, the, the last victim somehow barely still alive in there uh, mm-hmm. and then I, so I thought, I thought there was going to be a little more on top of that. And yes. like, like you thought that was going to be like the next level that this movie went to, where there's like something super, super disturbing going on. Yes. I was hoping there was going to be like some bodies, some limbs, you know, like maybe open a freezer, see some stuff. None of that happened. They, and they kept alluding to, and I kept wondering, cause you saw just like, like like a hundred almost a hundred bags you want to know what a movie is that as, you want to know what a movie is that is not rated r like this one but probably does go to that point and that's disturbia 
uh, you know, the Shia Classic. LaBeouf vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So, which is funny because I actually watched, um, I, for the first time last week, I watched like Hitchcock's Rear Window and I'm like, wait. For the first time? Yeah, I know. I'm like still like working my way through I'm Hitchcock. I'm not going to take your film buff card, but that almost made me want to. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm working my way through it all. Um, but like, I was like, oh, huh, that's very, like, I mean, I saw Disturbia in theaters when I was in what, like, like, uh, sophomore in high school and yeah. I um and now it's like oh it was just a rip off of um the rear window but like which is weird I actually thought about rear window when I saw her uh, apartment outside for the first time in Greta because mm-hmm. I was like oh like this is one of those weird like New York courtyard things that I don't actually see when I go to New York but I guess they exist somewhere yeah uh, and and that's what it looked like to me but then at the same time I'm like oh like to Serbia like he finds some bodies in that movie so like my yeah. my, my, my mind kind of went there at the same time but the thing is like to Serbia does like go to some messed up places Places like that while like maintaining a PG-13 rating. This movie gives you something gruesome enough and gives you other content enough to like warrant a rated R rating, but like at the same time, like uh doesn't quite uh give you like maybe the craziness that we had come to expect from it, you know. Yeah. I think it could have pushed a little harder with respect to dialogue. Um you gotta tighten like is all repair, she can handle it, Chloe Grace Moretz can handle it. And uh Again, I think just a touch more gore, touch a touch of something would have just delivered more because it builds so well and it only kind of hits the target. Um, yeah, no, like you said, I, I totally agree on the dialogue stuff, like it, it both ways. Like it just could have pushed the envelope further because I like we just know Chloe Grace Moretz is an actress that can do that. And mm-hmm. even as someone, even though she's only what 21 years old, like she's had such a long career already, like we know she can go there and they just they could have done that but the character just wasn't written to that point and that's fine and like i said like i i i think if if she was someone that was like stronger as a character like it might not have felt like she was maybe she wouldn't have come across as like quite as innocent as they wanted her to and i guess they were trying to make her mm-hmm. just seem like very naive new girl to the big city they were going for that despite the fact she was from boston uh i thought <laughs> maybe i thought like maybe, maybe she would have been from like uh like the midwest or Iowa. something but like yeah, yeah but like, she's, she's from boston so whatever but like they're trying to make it seem like her roommate keeps telling her oh you're not cut out you're being too naive all that stuff and it, like I, like i said it, it kind of made me relate to it because it was like maybe i can see myself like doing something that naive if i was living in a big city but at the same time there probably was some kind of middle ground they could take without like making her be as confident as they wanted to um and that she could still get sucked into this thing but But at the same time i I also think when people are in like that survival mode yeah they can get a little bit more cagey you know a little bit more dicey right Right. um and i wanted to see a little bit more fight um and that's why i liked you know the little scuffle where we lose the the pinky um because it was like oh she's trying something while while drugged up she was drugged up at that point it seemed uh, pretty passive which made it like a little bit less enjoyable to watch um but i will say this the ending yeah right that, that was the, the false last ending yeah um was great because it's like oh, okay like I, we're not gonna get rid of 2.0 but i'd want one you know <laughs> um she's back with a vengeance um so i mean you, like you already said though you weren't you weren't the biggest fan of uh micah monroe's performance but uh how did you think they pulled that off at the end and do you think she kind of at least uh brought it in another way that worked for you there yeah i mean like uh, the root the roommate comes as a saving grace and like you know gets her kind of out of greta's apartment um that was an interesting twist if it was a twist my um friend chris who saw the film with me called that as that's what's going to happen. And somehow he was right. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting. And it felt like, Oh, like a wonderful, like, Oh, female friendships are great. Like I like storylines like that. But also I think without the, 
Oh, and then like, I, sorry, I just kind of like repeated myself, but also right as she's being rescued, there's a moment where you think Greta's back and she's not all the way subdued. I freaked out at that moment. So that was another kind of good kind I mean, of yeah, that, 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 misdirection. It's kind of like an obligatory thing in a horror movie. Like the villain has one last gasp, but at the same time, like it was pretty scary the way they did it. Yeah. Um, the music plays a big part actually in this movie. Um, and I think, I don't know, hopefully I don't have adverse reactions to classical piano now. Um, <laughs> I don't think it affected me that badly, but um, yeah. So that moment was, was great. I also like the fact that uh, they had a private investigator come and he kind of figures everything out pretty quickly, but it doesn't go to plan for him. Um, so you kind of reach new levels of despair. I didn't think he that was the smartest play by Greta to kill him, though. Um, it's like, you know, they're just going to like come looking for the, the, like the, the dad. Whoever hired him is just going to like kind of probably know that's where he went, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like most films, I mean, continuity problems are a thing and like logistical problems are a thing. And there was a couple of those moments in Greta. Um, but I also feel like Greta, this is what I wanted to see. I feel like Greta's been killing people for a long ass time. Right. Um, and that's what I wanted to learn about. Like what, where were all those other bags going to? Where are all those other women? Are they like in your crawl space? Do you eat it? Like what's the situation? I thought it was like, implied she was doing like kind of a breaking bad type thing, burning the bodies up with acid. I, th I thought that's what it looked yeah, like at one point. I mean, I guess, but like I wanted to see more of that. I wanted yeah, to see yeah. some barrels with you know some hydrochloric <laughs> acid in it. You, yeah, know? you want all the gruesome stuff, don't you? Yeah, it's rated R, so I'm expecting you take know, advantage of it. Yeah, give me some juice here. Um, didn't didn't quite live up to it, and it just you know it's kind of like the Chekhov's gun thing, right? You had all those bags. I want some more backstory as to who those girls are, mm -hmm. or at least to who a few of them are. Um, but overall. Good job with Greta. Yeah, so uh, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, I, I'd agree at the end. Like, I, I did not see it coming with the friend. I was wondering, is that too easy? But we don't actually know how much time passes. Um, it could be a while because she said I had to wait a long time to find one of those bags on a train so it's not like it, it was it was not like it was easy for her roommate and when she gets there i, I, I do think it's it, it's a nice twist and uh mm -hmm. I, I guess it, i guess it's pretty creative and it i don't know it's a, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a cool moment that the friends have and then they i like that it's not so simple that like they try to do something as twisted as put greta in the box like i kind of like that better than like it almost like they, they probably should have just called the police but i kind of like that the movie was twisted enough just to have them do that you know yeah um, yeah yeah, that was an interesting point for sure. Um, and then also at the very end, she might get out of the box, you know. Yeah, so maybe you're gonna get credit too. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's performing as well as they'd like. No, uh, I no. think the the nationwide rollout might have been a mistake with this one. Yeah, it was a bit ambitious. Yeah, it was ambitious. Um, but I hope everybody goes goes and sees it. Um, but maybe there is a Greta 2.0. Maybe <laughs> it will come to Netflix instead of going to theaters. Who knows? Um, but it was definitely an interesting film. Um, big fan of it, big fan of Isabelle Huppert, and I hope Claudius Moretz continues to kind of flex her theatrical and muscles. Yeah, you know, like just quick, quickly on Chloe, because she's my girl. I was like very excited a few years ago when everyone thought she was going to do, um, she was going to like become a big, big star and do a, uh, do the live action Little Mermaid written by, uh, Richard Curtis, which like, yeah. I was like, that was cool. And then all of a sudden, like, she dropped out of that and was like, oh, like, wait, well, you're going to like go do other stuff now. And then like all of a sudden last year, like, I mean, she did some like stuff that like she did that Louis, that Louis C.K. movie that got buried for obvious reasons and, mm -hmm. uh, like a couple other things that like, 
never really saw the light of day. But then last year, she all of a sudden comes out with like miseducation of Cameron Post and Suspiria, yeah. and it's like, oh wow, like she's actually like doing like really she's smart picking, things. I think she's picking good projects, um, and you know, got a, a great project, and I think she's playing the long game, um, angling for you know that Oscar gold, and I think she will get it eventually. Yeah, we'll so. just see. Yeah, I think like uh, Miseducation and Cameron Post was like really good last year, and it was like really overlooked after winning the jury prize at Sundance for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I personally I found it. Um, I mean, I liked also liked Boy Erased, but I think Miseducation and Cameron Post, another great horrible and sad conversion therapy story that like no one was talking about. Um, so if you like that kind of sad queer stuff, fully recommend Miseducation and Cameron Post. Yeah, for sure. Um, Under the radar. Yeah, no, I definitely. Those are two I just didn't get to do on the podcast last year, so I'm glad we were able to give give them a shout a out. Plug. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, before we do, you, do you have any other final thoughts on the movies before we sign off, Kayla? Nope, I think we pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover with Greta. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you being so generous your time and taking the time to talk about this with me. Uh, before we sign off, do you, if people want to follow you or uh, consume any of your stuff, uh, where can they do yeah. so? Uh, on Twitter at Kayla Stetzel, just my full name. Uh, Follow me if you feel like it. A lot of interesting and weird content on there. Awesome. And as usual, I'm Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on both Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Coming up next, uh, probably have an episode on uh, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and then Captain Marvel. So everyone, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for those, and we'll see you next time.